Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Raw podcast. Um, this is Richard Manier here from the Sunland Echo. We're recording here at the University of Sunland um, the day after Jack Ross was sacked as Sunland manager. I'm joined in the studio by Phil Smith. Morning. Mark Donnelly. Morning. And James Copley. Morning. Um, plenty to discuss then uh, after a fairly dramatic day on Wearside. Uh, it's rarely dull at the stadium at night. So we'll just have a quick recap of what happened yesterday. Um, yesterday afternoon, reports nationally that the takeover deal with the American Consortium had collapsed. Um, Stuart Donald sort of quickly took to Twitter to kind of, um, I guess, uh, damp those down a little bit and say the talks were still ongoing. Um, he was restricted in what he could say, but he was hoping to provide a further update on Friday or by the weekend, and he was hopeful of securing investment and still, but that's obviously clearly in the balance at the minute. Um, and then shortly after that, about an hour or so, uh, confirmation that Jack Ross had been sacked as summer manager um, just a few hours before the 3-2 win over Grimsby Town in the EFL Trophy at the Stadium of Light last night. Uh, James Fowler had taken that game. Uh, Fowler has been asked to take the next couple of training sessions until the end of the week, and then obviously there's no game this weekend with the Fleetwood game already being postponed. Um, so the manager hunt starts in earnest today. Um, Stuart Donald loves to be leading that, and um, that's sort of where we're at at the minute. Um, so we'll just get the reaction of the guys first of all. Um, Phil, what was your take on it? I mean, we've had a few dramatic days at Sunderland over the last few years, particularly um, the, the sort of Coleman Donald takeover day sprung to mind initially. But um, but yesterday was pretty uh, pretty dramatic by most people's standards. I think. What was your take on the the whole day? Yeah, it was a um, it was an incredible day, really. Uh, I suppose it was a, a culmination, certainly in in terms of the managerial decision of a frustration that's been bubbling away since the start of the season. I suppose going all the way back to I guess the disappointment of losing the playoff final, and I think this um, there's been this belief, I guess, bubbling away that the mistakes hadn't been learned, that the that the flaws in the side from last season hadn't been hadn't been corrected, and ultimately, um, I guess that's clearly an opinion that's kind of been shared in the boardroom and. You know, it's that time of the season where you, you look around the divisions and you're starting to see a spate of managers go. I, I suppose it's a a point where you would say that if you've identified a trend, it's you've got time to do something about it. And ultimately, it's a it's a little bit of a gamble. It's a decision made in the belief that this is a squad of players who are capable of of, of performing better, of getting better results. Um, you know, we've spoken at length about how fair that fair that is where this squad compares to others in terms of its variety and, and, and its um how much it's cost to put together, et cetera, et cetera. Um and I guess that's what's gonna be tested in the coming few months is whether that whether that belief that the squad should be doing better, whether you know, whether that's right or not and, mm. and that's <coughs> what this um the gamble's maybe quite an extreme word, but that's what this decision I guess is kinda of based on and, and that's gonna be put to the test now. And the I guess obviously Stuart Donald's Quickly back to some of the takeover suggestions nationally in the in the sun that it had collapsed. But um, I think you'd you'd report that there was positive talks as of Monday afternoon. Obviously things can change a fair bit since then. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what Stuart yeah. says the next coming days. Yeah, I think it's 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 been a difficult one all all, all the way through really in in terms of that 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 balance between patience and also acknowledging that it's a club that needs a bit of clarity and needs a bit of direction and, and some leadership and. It is in a very strange place at the moment without a manager now, especially um, that even just underlines it even more. So obviously, as these things were a very complex deal, there's a lot of factors involved in it, and you know we'll be kind of waiting to see what what Stuart says on uh, at, the, at the weekend and where this deal's at. And I think at that point there'll be a lot of people will be 
and we'll be looking very closely at that. I think it's fair to say to see to see what comes next and what direction the club's heading in because it's a, it's a huge moment. Because as you said at the weekend, it's a crossroad, isn't it? And Jack Ross's future at that time was only only part of that. Um, so it's really a key decision coming up. A couple of key decisions on and off the pitch. Um, obviously, Jack Ross's sacking was on the back of the 2-0 defeat at Lincoln City at the weekend. Um, Sunderland uh, well beaten, I think it's fair to say in the end. And uh, it was, uh, I think you could you could see in his post-match press conference how frustrated Jack Ross was, wasn't he? Especially with the performance of his players. But um, but that said, that was only came a week after a really good performance against MK Dons, isn't it? So that kind of inconsistency has been a frustration. Yeah, I. Th- I think that's it. I think there's been a few times this season where you've kind of thought that they've finally, we're finally starting to see kind of settled eleven take shape. That yes, you might have one or two injuries, but generally speaking, these were the players who, who you could kind of rely on and, and look to have a good bounce about them. And every time that's happened, you know, poor performances mm. has come through, and it's been back to the, back to the drawing board. Of course, the responsibility for that has to be shared between recruitment, management, players. You know, it's it's a. Um, this cumulative thing, but obviously the manager will always will always carry the can for that, and he certainly took the blame for for Saturday's performance, which I think just it, it revealed what a difficult situation the club was in because it was clear that a lot of fans had lost faith that Jack could deliver automatic promotion, and any negative result was going to be heavily scrutinised, heavily criticised beyond what it would normally be because of this unique situation Sunderland find themselves in in this division, and I think it'd become Jack. I think it'd become worn down buy it to a certain extent and I think it was probably one of the reasons why why the owner made the decision that he did allied to the fact that he clearly didn't believe performances were without of a of a top two side. Mark, what was your take on yesterday's events and the decision to uh, dispense with Jack Ross after eighteen months or so in charge at Sonnard? I think it was a, a decision that kind of when it came felt a little bit inevitable. Um I think after the defeat at Lincoln there was just a, a kind of general feeling that there was a need for change in, in whatever form that came in. Uh, obviously, the manager's the 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 person that's always going to have the finger pointed at them and is perhaps the the easiest to change. You know, it's, it's far easier to change a manager than it is to change a squad of players. Still costly, um, though, isn't it? Still costly, exactly. And, and backroom staff, you know, especially <laughs> if if Sunderland opts for a manager who's at another club um, and who wants his own backroom staff. It means James Fowler and people move on. Then then it will become very costly, and that's something that Stuart Donald will undoubtedly have considered. Um, but the fact he's made that decision now, um, with all those factors, probably you know suggests that this was something he was considering for a long time. It's uh, well, not maybe a long time, but he's considered long and hard. Um, you know, it's not a, a snap kind of impulse decision as, as some people might feel it is. It's it's a it's a calculated gamble in some senses because now the new man's going to come in as Jack Ross did with a, a lot of pressure on them to get promoted. But it did feel like that that change was needed. James, what was your take? Right or wrong decision, do you think, to get rid of Jack Ross? Um, I think it was it's probably the right decision. I think history will look back on his reign a little kinder. I think he was two results away from being a bit of a cult hero. I saw somebody tweet, and that's probably a fair assessment. He just he lost a couple of key games that really mattered, didn't he? Um, people can talk about win ratios. I think he's only second to, uh, to Tom Watson, but that's in the third tier. A lot of games drawn, drawn. Um, but from a personal perspective, I didn't know him all that well. But in in me dealings with him, he was really, really good to deal with. I don't know, don't know what you guys thought, but it was my first kind of season covering the club last season, and I remember interviewing him a couple of times, being extremely nervous, fresh out of university, 
um, and probably asking some absolutely ludicrous questions really and he, he just kind of um, smiled and, and answered them anyway he never, he never threw me under the bus and that was appreciated from a personal perspective. He certainly never threw his players under the bus, did he? And he defended them to a to a fault um, throughout his time at the club. Um, only once or twice would he kind of criticise. Well, he wasn't really openly critical of any individual particularly, but you know, obviously Saturday's performance was hugely frustrating. But but again, he was taking the, the blunt of the blame for that, wasn't it? And that was a key part of his uh, managership, wasn't it, uh, Phil? In terms of his style, very much so. I mean, I think there was. I think maybe part of the kind of strange environment and, and frustration this season was that I think Jack often people were curious about the way he approached his press conference this season, this kind of spikiness or whatever. I, I think it's a difficult environment because I think it was obvious he was in, operating in a difficult situation with regards to what happened with the sum, in the summer with the potential one potential takeover that didn't come up goods and then another one that dragged on and a lot of frustration in the stands. Um but I think he felt he was would never ever kind of break the trust with his players. That was his fundamental belief mm. in management that you had to create a. He he would always say that trust takes a long long time to build, but it doesn't take long at all to break. Mm. And he was absolutely insistent that to the last, you know, he would not he would not call out his players. He he wouldn't kind of talk about how how good they were or how good they maybe weren't or anything like that. Um, and sometimes it put him in a difficult spot because sometimes it, it kind of felt as if his his press conference maybe were um, th- the messaging was kind of a bit odd, a bit defensive maybe. And I think it just stemmed from that that, that belief that he, whatever happened, he would never ever break that kind of trust with his players. And and that can be difficult to do when performances are visibly not great because it's you know it, it can it can seem like you're papering over the cracks or whatever. But you know that was that was certainly him, and it'll be the same in whatever job he goes to next because. That's very much how he sees his role as as, as a leader, um, right, rightly or wrongly, and and I'm sure, you know, there's been a lot of talk about players or whatever not getting past the pack. They were very, very poor on Saturday, but I don't believe for a second he'd he'd lost that dressing room only, <laughs> only a few days before they'd gone to Sheffield United and, and put in an outstanding um, performance, defensive discipline, the distances they covered. Um, so I I think it's a lot more complex than that, and and I'm sure a lot of them will be will be grateful to Jack for what he's done. And improving them as footballers, and it's worth, isn't it, stressing the some of the um, issues he would have had to contend with in the eighteen months he's been at the club. He was a novice in English management football, English management. Sorry, at this level um, had to deal with a huge fallout from two relegations from the Premier League down to the League One, and everything that comes with that. The various cost cutting, um, the amount of players that sort of came in and left. Um, as you mentioned, the two takeover issues as well. That. Is, a, is draining, isn't it? <laughs> as much as he will say it won't affect him and it would have been weak of him to use that as an excuse, but but it must be very draining, especially in the summer when you're restricted in terms of what business you can do until later on and not always... Yeah, I, think, I, I think especially that that first six months because so much has happened since, which just kind of underlines that it's, it's easy to forget what an unbelievably exhausting and punishing time that was that was for everybody. You know, Jack arrives at a club dropping into League One with a, with a £40 million wage bill, which is a pretty terrifying position to be in mm. and yet even so despite having that he comes back to the first day of pre-season he's only got a handful of players yeah he needs youngsters to to pad out his um his first team squad when they fly over to portugal he he, he can't get for one reason or another his, his main striking targets so that sets him back at the start of the season yeah because charlie white was not Lyle Taylor, Florian Camberry, you know, yeah. which these these are these things with which time we can forget. It, yeah. You know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily straightforward. 
things were going pretty well and then all of a sudden the whole thing blows up with Josh Madger. Um that's another incredibly difficult one for a manager which he which he handled outstandingly well to keep Josh in the team and keep scoring goals right up until the point he left which was a an incredible feat really because that was a pretty public and pretty bitter dispute um, and, mm-hmm. and Josh was still still turning performances and scoring goals and so all of this before we even get back to the to kind of the last few months which have been very very punishing themselves and I think it's possible to acknowledge that results and performances have been on a down downward trend for a while and that the the levels that the teams hit this year haven't been good enough or or enough to make people comfortable that they would go up in the top two. I think it's possible to have that view and and also acknowledge that this was a pretty unique and and, and punishing job that he handled with a with a with a great amount of dignity and um, you know I've no doubt that Jack will will go on to have a, a very successful career. He was um, absolutely exhaustive in his management. I've I've watched him take sessions. They're absolutely meticulously planned, so well communicated to the players, what's expected of them, what the goals are, incredibly well structured, you know, really strong thought processes behind them. Um, great intensity of the sessions, I've watched them, so I can vouch for that. Um, he's a, and if you think back over the course of his tenure, you can pick out six or seven games where very different game plans, but very very well put together ones that really well executed and delivered impressive results. Unfortunately, that con- level of consistency wasn't there. That maybe that almost that normal performance you couldn't get to mm. a to a game plan, the method that that broke down League One teams regularly enough, and that was that was ultimately the issue. And I think it's perfectly possible to say that this is a guy who'll have a good management career, who did some good things here, but ultimately you can kind of un- un- understand why we why we've reached this point that we have. And uh, James, just from a sort of fan point of view, um, it's difficult, isn't it, once the manager seems to lose the backing of the majority of fans to, to turn that back back around, regardless of how sort of the work he puts in. Yeah, I, I think and, especially like um, especially when you lose the backing of the away fans, <coughs> like they did at Lincoln. I think it is always very difficult. I do think there is a. It's funny because there wasn't actually any chance that would be visible against Jack Ross at Lincoln. I mean, a lot of fans obviously left in the mid-game. Yeah. Um, but there certainly was a Bolton. S- when yeah, it certainly turn, a Bolton. Yeah. But I think um, I think there there are there is a like a, a vo- vocal vitriolic minority on Twitter who are very loud. But I think a lot of normal kind of level-headed Sunderland fans have seen a lot of thanking Jack Ross. I think, as I say, history will look back. Um, and it may well be that it's looked back as a kind of, you know, stabilising period before, hopefully, before um, before some success and a, a climb up the divisions. And I think it can't be understated that the problems he's had to deal with, uh, and those are just the ones we know about. Phil mentioned the handling of the Josh Madger situation. That was really exceptional because it was such a a public ongoing thing between, you know, his boss and his player. Um, and he's caught in the middle of that. And in his dealings with the media, he was very level-headed, very calm. And we're talking about him not throwing players under the bus. He he never threw Madger under the bus. And I think it kind of changed after... Was it Luton, I think, Phil? Where um, he came out and, and said, yeah, the player's not signing the contract. And, and that was it, wasn't it? Oh, God knows. They all mould, didn't they? Well, this players are <laughs> one. Um, just before we sort of touch on James Fowler and what he had to say and how he approached things last night, I just wanted to just go back to the takeover briefly, just to sort of say what Stuart Donald said in the last uh, day or so. 
day or so. Um, obviously, reports Tuesday afternoon that the consortium investors, including Glenn Furman, John Phelan, Rob Protec, had backed away from a potential deal for the Black Cats. Um, Stuart Don last night confirming that talks remain ongoing and the deal is not dead, uh, saying he can't talk about the investment. I know what's been said, so if there wasn't any potential investment, then I would be able to talk about it. The fact I can't talk about it means it's ongoing. It isn't like buying a house. These are complicated things and are big decisions for people to make. We're still talking to people. Nobody has dropped out. And we're just looking at the detail. If any potential deal was dead, I couldn't mention it, could I? Um, so we'll see what uh, how that develops over the next couple of days. But you've got all that in the background, Mark, and then you've got new manager, Hunt, uh, whoever the new manager might be. They'll have a lot of questions as to the ownership of the club and who their new boss may or may not be. Maybe Donald for the foreseeable, maybe a new owner. It's uh, really difficult balance yeah of course and and that comes back to what phil said about obviously that it's a club that needs clarity at this moment in time uh, behind the scenes because while you know Stuart donald stresses that there is you know this investments for the long term there's no need for kind of any urgent short-term investment um you know that's great that they don't need the money now but they do need that clarity now because the new manager coming in might be willing to work under the structure Stuart Donald's got but there's you know obviously there's, there's no guarantees they will but there's no guarantees that the new ownership might come in and, and decide to operate under a different structure which a manager might not be as happy with so th- there needs to be some clarity on that I know Stuart obviously said hopefully that will come over the weekend uh, hopefully that is the case because it's a club right now that needs need to know the direction it's going and off the field um, so last night James Fowler um took the team against Grimsby Town in the AFL Trophy. Uh, Jack Ross sort of sacked mid-afternoon yesterday, having taken training at the academy last yesterday morning. It's James Fowler, um, John Potter and Craig Sampson, uh, coaching team, took the took the game and a taking training for the next couple of days. Um, we weren't entirely sure whether Fowler would, would speak after the game last night, but he did. He came out and he spoke very well. Um, it was quite an emotional press conference, actually. Um, he's obviously clearly very close with Jack Ross. The pair of them were together for several years now uh, and he will have seen the, the work that Ross has sort of put in day in day out for the last uh, 18 months or so and his determination to make a success of his job and uh, his time on Wearside sadly that hasn't been the case for him um, so Fowler said dedicated the win last night to the manager said it had been a tough day credited the players for how they responded it showed how highly the manager was regarded uh, he said it was an emotional day yesterday at the training ground uh, Fowler really good for the manager worked close with him for three years I've seen how much he has turned the club around from day one the things he's had to deal with in terms of players in and out he's also tried to change the culture biggest thing for me is the staff around the academy and the relationship he has built not just football staff but non-football staff too there have been tears shed and credit to him how he's brought everyone back together and Jack Ross had obviously uh, messaged the coaching staff on the final whistle as well and congratulated them on the win. So it was just a sort of measure of, of Jack Ross there. Um, you were obviously there last night, Phil. It was it was quite an emotional press conference, wasn't it? Unusual. It was, yeah. It was. Um, I think it was just it was just very well handled, and I think it ultimately, um, you know, he didn't get into anything about the kind of the football side of things. Um, very pointed that. Kind of, he said he would leave. He didn't say directly, but the implication was very much I'll leave those opinions to other people. Yeah. Um. He just wanted to stress the the work that Jack had put in and, and and the human side of what he'd done at the club. I thought it was a very respectful way of handling it. A lot of dignity and, and ensured a lot of respect to the club as well, which I think kind of kind of marks them out of staff what they've done. You know, I, we all know about Charlie Methven's famous comment when he took over the club and what have you, and and. I think the the dedication these guys have put in, the effort they've put into it, and the way they've behaved, they've they've they have been a credit to the club. They've they've shown it an awful lot of respect that maybe hasn't been the case always in the last ten years or so. So, I think they're 
they'll always be they'll always be remembered that way. And, and I thought, yeah, I thought James handled it very well in just kind of letting the football go at one side, accepting people will have their opinions and have their thoughts and what have you, and not not getting into that at that point. I, I know, obviously, love it section a large section of the fan base who want to jack Ross out but equally you've got a lot of people who would willing him <laughs> to make a success at Sunderland you can see that in the outpouring yeah, and there's, there's from the staff particularly at the club I guess they're yeah. more than most in terms I mean we've been through a lot of managers in the last four or five years but um, when some have left there's you know, certainly not been this kind of uh, emotion around it No certainly not and and, and that's and that's credit to him and, and to be fair I think you know you have that initial, initial wave of, of kind of shock and Excitement's not quite the right word, but that frenzy of what comes next and yeah. what have you, um, you, you know, and then you start to see, and you've certainly seen a lot of fans today. I think on social media, or whatever kind of, especially after those coins from James Fowler, just saying, you know, look, it was certainly um, the, the way they've behaved throughout their time here certainly reflects well on them as people, and you kind of wish them well for the future. And I can't see, you know, Jack came very, very close to delivering something incredibly special. Special memories and special days, and 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 yeah, no problem. In the end, he wasn't quite able to deliver, and, and we go in a different direction now. But you know, it's, it it has been good to see that kind of um, that kind of respect shown, certainly, certainly today and last night. Uh, in terms terms of following the staff, then uh, it basically just said that he, as I say, would be taking training the next couple of days, and then they would go from there. Um, Sunderland don't have a game this weekend. They're back in action away to Wickham uh, a week on Saturday. Um, and the manager Hunt starts in earnest today. Just, just finally on Fowler, um, he was just also saying that he believed Jack Ross wouldn't be short of job offers following his Sunderland exit. Um, pointed to his record at the Stadium Allays. Obviously, just a, uh, was it six or seven defeats. I forget the exact figure during his time away aside. I think only Man City and Liverpool have lost less games, but obviously there's a lot of draws within that as well. And that was one of the reasons behind his sad departure from the Stadium of Light. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff from James Fowler last night. Um, so moving on then, looking forward, uh, manager hunt starts today. Um, nobody sort of lined up for it that we uh, that we know of. So it could be a could be a while yet before a new boss is appointed. Yeah, you you never know with these things. Sometimes you kind of someone emerges very early on who impresses the chairman, or all of a sudden it becomes clear they're available and they tick all the boxes and they can accelerate very quickly. But Certainly, it's it, it became quite clear sort of yesterday afternoon and yesterday evening that this was not one of those situations where mm. a preferred successor is identified quite a long way out, and therefore you, you, the new manager moves on, another one kind of races in very quickly. It's it's not going to be that situation at all, because I think that we've mentioned so much and we kind of bang on about this kind of where the club at, is at and where it wants to go next, but I still think that's a decision that the current owners have to make, and and I'm sure with a the takeover looms large in that as well. What kind of manager do you want? Do you want to go kind of stick to that model with Jack Ross in terms of someone quite up and coming, that kind of long term view, or are you after a, a short term? Is it just let's get out of this league this year? Mm. It will never cost. I'm not convinced at this stage they've still completely made their minds up on that. They may well be that they think they can get a combination of the two. So I think there's a few kind of philosophical questions if you like to be answered before you can maybe really really drill down into the into the names and the practicalities of it um a bit of breathing space as i say without the without the game this weekend but a week saturday will will very quickly be upon us i'm sure so it'll be interesting to see yeah more developments have been made since then and whether whether james fowler is still 
still around they're obviously very professional he, he may well agree to stay on Mike Nean and just tick things over until a new manager's appointment or yeah I mean that wouldn't be ideal I'm yeah. sure he would do it I would argue that it's probably not particularly fair on him to ask him to do it so yeah. you, you would hope that um, some way or another something even if it's not the, the permanent appointment you would hope that something gets sorted fairly quickly because I don't think that's a reflection of a particularly um, yeah particularly well-functioning club to be in that position if he's leading training, certainly in the build-up. When the match turns to your actual preparations from Wickham, I'm, I'm not sure that would be... Um, well, in fact, that wouldn't be fair on anyone, so hope, hopefully we don't get to that point. And it's a huge game as well, isn't it? It is. It, Wick, it, well, that's, going that's well. exactly it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's high-stakes stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's very important that... OK, you don't want them to rush and make the wrong decision, fair enough, but it, it's, it's very, very important that we don't have another protracted period of... Yeah. A stranger, and certainly, I don't think it would be right on the on the coaching staff to ask them to to try and, and take those preparations. Uh, Gareth Ains with one of the several names already linked with the with the job. Um, Paul Cook, I think, had seen his odds uh, cut as well overnight. Um, Daniel Stendel obviously left Barnsley. Uh, was that yesterday? Seemed like a lifetime ago. I think that was only yesterday, Tuesday morning. Um, and obviously the likes of Keenan Aldice, who would inevitably be linked um, with every every time the Sun job comes up. Plus Super Kev as well, who uh, is uh, reported or understood to be to be keen on a return to the stadium at some point. Um, as Phil says, whether Sunderland would opt for a, a novice at this point or. Yeah, I guess he may have some role to play. Um, and Mark Ian Holloway, he uh, threw his name into the hat this morning, didn't he? With some uh, yeah, some he did. He very said firm he quotes. Said he'd run up to the stadium tonight if he was offered the chance. Um, it's the kind of thing fans like to hear, but it doesn't necessarily mean he'd be. Yeah, I mean, in 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 many ways, he he would be a, a candidate that would tick some of the boxes in the sense that he's he's got EFL promotions on his CV. He's he's quite a, a passionate character, which I think Sunderland fans respond to. Mm. Um, but he's, you know, he's been a while out of the game, uh, barring his spell at QPR uh, last year. He's he's not won promotion in a in a fair while, so I think you know maybe he's not the the obvious choice at this moment in time. Um, I mean, for me, you, you mentioned Paul Cook. You know, he's, he's second favourite with the bookmakers now. It's potentially a little bit of a long shot, given he's currently managing in the Championship and. You'd have to pay compensation, etc. And I know he likes to bring his his backroom staff, Liam Richardson, his assistant, with him, pretty much everywhere he goes. But he would be an absolutely stunning appointment, uh, a real statement. He knows how to get out of League One. Um, Will Grigg connection as well. Will Grigg connection, <coughs> yeah. I mean, I think he'd be a, a fantastic choice. Gareth Ainsworth would be a good one too. But obviously, at the moment, it's all just all just the bookmakers' odds. Um, nothing yeah. kind of concrete to suggest Sunderland are interested, or even Paul Cook would be interested in Sunderland. But I think he'd be a a fantastic uh, choice if if that was an option Stuart Donald was looking at. Any other names uh, out there at the minute, uh, James Tickle or Pickle? Um, is that the phrase? Is that, is that a phrase, Tickle or Pickle? I think it is. I think so, yeah. I'm taken aback by that one. <laughs> no, um, I think Gareth Ainsworth would be a really good appointment, but would he leave Wickham? Obviously, there's uh, exciting and interesting things happening at yeah, Wickham at Dennis the moment. Ben Camp Larson and Ronald Koeman, was it? Ronald Koeman, yeah. yeah. Um, Looking to take over Wickham potentially. Yeah, Don't potentially. Dirk Cowd. Dirk Cowd as well. Yeah. One, yeah. So that that's potentially quite exciting for him and for Wickham. So could we attract him? Not really sure. Obviously, he's a he's a Wickham legend as well. So it's going to be a really big offer to kind of price him away. I think. That, I mean, Son is a huge club, though, isn't it? I suppose it is. Yeah, he's got ambitions. But you, you've got to kind of temper it around. Sunderland desperately need promotion, but. It, they need a bit more as well in terms of attack and football. A lot of the criticism levelled at Ross was that it was quite boring, um, and the one-one draws. So it's I mean it's it's really hard. You, you need a manager who can 
get you up who you can afford and who's going to play good football and it's it's hard to, to find does that does a manager in, at this level exist I, I don't know we'll uh, we'll find out soon enough it was a bold appointment wasn't it to appoint Jack Ross in the first place so it'll be really interesting to see what avenue they go down next um what kind of manager would you like to see? For not necessarily names, but like in terms of how they approach things. You know, this is this is exactly my this is exactly my point, Richard. Say, it depends how kind of long long your lenses on it, and I yeah. can see both sides of it. Um, you know, we we mentioned about Paul Paul Cook. I think Paul Cook's got a lot of question marks over him about you know where he is with Wigan in the Championship and and mm. their away record and all sorts. And do you know? Is it is it the right thing to do to to put someone in? You can say, well, we're pretty confident this guy can shake us up and get us up next year. Um, or, or do you take someone who you think can necessarily who can take you forward in the next sort of three to four years? Is that kind of candidate available? Is the is the club in a position to make that kind of commitment? And again, we go keep going back and back to it. But what happens next with investment and takeovers will be an important part of that. Mm. So, it's a very difficult balance. You know, it's in an ideal world you'd like someone who you could realistically believe would do both and in a slightly different world where a couple of goals in the last week had gone differently I'd look at maybe Nathan Jones as someone who would have that bridge between short term has got a good record of, of, of knows the league and, and long long term you think could could improve you and a great personality as well he's someone in the kind of mould that I would like um, whether there is anyone at this stage like him is is, is a very different question um, just just to add on last night as well. Um, good to see Duncan Duncan Watmore back. Uh, obviously he started up well. Was he sort of Will Grigg started up front with Watmore McNulty in 09 behind him. Um, had a few attempts at goal and scored a very good finish in the end. Um, very similar to the one he scored at Wickham last season before he uh, he picked up an injury there. Um, good to see him back. And were you impressed, Mark, with uh, Watmore? And he looked quite lively and yeah, sharp. He, yeah, I think he he played well. Um, considering you know that was his first first start of the season first game back after a layoff he looked sharp as you say I mean there was there was a chance in the first half when I think it was Mark McNulty got down the right and Watmore was bursting into the box and a little bit of clever thinking would have seen him in and he's not lost any of his pace thankfully sometimes you know for players who who were quite quick it can take them a few games to get back back up to those levels but he didn't look like he'd, he'd lost that and the key thing now for Sunderland is making sure they they use him right Um you know, he hopefully will add a little bit of a different dimension to their kind of front three, front four, um, and you know, Touchwood. Hopefully, that's his, his injury problems behind him for the the time being, and Sunderland can get get their use out of a really, really talented player. And uh, Will Grigg scoring as well. The irony of him scoring on the day that Jack Ross was sacked probably not lost on many. Um, obviously, not hit the heights that many hoped he would do since January, but um, certainly not all on him. Um, what were your thoughts briefly, Phil, just on last night's game? It was a bit of a funny, uh, funny game, really, wasn't it? Obviously, yeah, it was, short of the days. It, 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 let's be honest; these events. these early games in this competition are, are a bit of a nonsense. To be honest, they mm. they do have a kind of friendly feel to them. Um, but I thought the fact that Watmore pretty much almost lasted the ninety minutes did look a threat was a was a big boost because we've talked an awful lot about the lack of kind of raw pace, if you like, in this squad. And whoever the new manager is, I think they'll be very, very 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 fortunate and very grateful if, if what more is in a position where he can play regularly even if he has still got work to do and that kind of composure in the final third that variety he gives he's, is going to be absolutely key um, and, and you know just to get 90 minutes into Will Grigg a goal all these little things it's one of those that probably has served a, served a purpose even if maybe at the time didn't really feel like it
No, it didn't. Um, it was a funny old day. Um, we'll wrap things up there, I think. We'll just quickly go sort of around the room, just sort of final thoughts then on, on Jack Ross's tenure and and how you think, where do you think he'll go from here? Um, James, kick off with, with you. What? Uh, how, how, how would you um, sum up Jack Ross's time on your side? Um, I will look back on it with a fondness, I think. Uh, you look at the, the Charlton win, the first day of last season, that's one of my favourite moments as a fan. That was actually my first game covering the club as well. That was incredible, up there with any Premier League moment for me. Mm. Um, you know, check a trade trophy semi-finals, um, trips to Trafalgar Square, Wembley twice. You know, beating Portsmouth in the in the playoff semi-finals. He gave us those moments. It was just a, a real shame he couldn't push us over the line. But as I say, I think history will be a lot kinder to him. Yeah, I'd concur with that. Um, he was always just speaking from a personal level. He was always very good. I'm sure Phil will say the same. He was always very good with our ourselves. Had a good relationship with with the press. Um, never ducked a question. Um, was always very sort of honest and forthright. Uh, Deep thinking man as well, wasn't he? Thought a lot about the game. Um, clearly had a passion for the club. Very hard working, but um, sadly for whatever, several reasons it just hasn't worked out. So we we wish him well. Uh, Mark, what's your final thoughts? Yeah, I think he's someone who's definitely going to have a, a good career in football management, potentially even at a at higher level than where Sunderland find themselves now. As you say, he's obviously a real thinker. Um, you know, I know he was saying in the build-up to one of the Wembley trips last year, he was studying Roman leaders and things like that. He obviously you know, takes his, his role very seriously, not just on the pitch, off the pitch, how he acts around his players, how he can help them as people as well as footballers. And I think now, in, in football, that's a really important thing. Uh, and I think you know, good clubs with good owners will, will recognise that Jack Ross is a, a good appointment when they, they come to make decisions if they lose their manager, and I'm sure, sure he'll find a job sooner rather than later. And Phil's final word? Yeah, I think when I when I look back on the on the time, I think probably the overwhelming feeling will be will be one of regret, partially because of of what I of what I mentioned before. I, I saw the number of hours he put into the club, how how deeply thought about it, um, how exhaustive he was in trying to do everything to make sure that that the results were results were there, and that he and that he could get this club back to where it belonged and. And you know it's easy to look back now and and say that performances were declining last season, but they were they were so so close in so many ways, and it was an exhausting season and at times a very frustrating season. But it was incredible to witness that unity and that that pride and that sense of rebirth. And, you know, and thinking back to that Czech trade weekend, what Jack did in terms of dealing with the challenges he had, putting that team together that okay maybe wasn't dominant but was pretty resilient. It, it allowed a club that had had been in a very very dark place for a long time to really stick its chest out again and and you ha- and Jack should take an enormous amount of pride in in doing that at the same time that that unity wasn't there this season um you know that unity around the club and, and in the fan base wasn't there Jack was very very conscious of it he was mm. very very aware of it and Stuart Donald's made reference to that himself and so it's that's what that's what's changed from this season to last um, and, and that's why this decision's been made. Jack will go from strength to strength and learn from it, and hopefully the club will, and hopefully the club can now build, get over the line, and I'm sure that'll allow people to, to look back at what Jack did and acknowledge his part in it, and, and that's what we hope now, that whoever comes in next can can take the next step, can can get past the the frustrations so far this season and, 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 and get this club back to where it belongs, and then Jack can very proudly and, and rightly take take some pride in his part in that 
Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, James. Uh, that brings an end to this week's Raw podcast, um, recorded here at the University of Sunderland. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview the Wickham game, and also we'll obviously have the very latest on the manager situation. We may well have a new manager by then, and obviously the um, takeover investment talk at the Stadium of Light too. Um, please get in touch in the usual ways. Uh, any questions for next week, feel free to tweet them to at Summerco SAFC, and um, we'll see you next week.